All right, I'm pulling out of my driveway, and we all know what that means. It means it's time for another podcast of loathing. I'm Zach. Um, sorry, it's been a while since the last one of these, uh, and it is because, as you can probably hear, I wanted to change the setup uh, that I had for recording them because uh, it was a huge pain in the ass to get a browser with like 40 tabs open on my tiny laptop screen, which was the only thing that I could take into the studio at the office. So I am recording this at home. Uh, in a not very acoustically sound room and with uh, uh, older equipment. But <clears throat> here today to talk to you about saucerers. But before I talk to you about saucerers, let's have a cocktail. Today the cocktail I'm having is a black Manhattan, which Kevin recently uh, pointed out is just so much better than a normal Manhattan that it has basically replaced the normal Manhattan as my uh, as my go-to drink. It's a uh, the way that I make it is four parts bourbon, one part Averna, uh, and Averna is an Amaro, so it's bitter enough that you don't need to use any bitters, and a, uh, let's see, a Luxardo cherry, a little bit of the, uh, little bit of the syrup from the Luxardo cherry jar in the, uh, in the shaker, shake it up, and then, uh, yeah, drink it, drink it while you do a podcast about saucerers. Uh, okay, so like all these, uh, well, I guess generally start out talking about the class. The Saucerer is the class that I am by far the least, uh, the, the, the idea for a class that I was the least excited about. It was the one that kind of, it did not come to me naturally. I sat there for a while struggling to come up with another mysticality class. Um, partly, I think why it was hard is because, as I had said before, I was just so happy with Postmancer conceptually. And I think that rather than there being a different kind of core idea to the saucerer, it's like, okay, well, this is just also food, and it's kind of a counterpart to the Postomancer. Turns out that's fine. Um, you know, disco music and mariachi music are not really in opposition or aligned in any way, and the Seal Clubbers and Turtle Tamers didn't really have anything to do with each other other than that they were both about animals. Uh, and, you know, maybe the cohesion of pasta and sauce has been a good thing. It's at least, like, I think it's a thing that people thought about. They thought about the classes together more because of the specific ways in which their crafting disciplines lined up to make the higher tier uh, crafted foods. Um, so, yeah, it's whenever I tell people that saucerer, I felt like the saucerer was the weakest idea that I had. Nobody ever really understands what I'm talking about. Uh, but this is, you know, this is just my memory of that first day or so coming up with what these were. And this was the one that was like, this was the one that was the most like work to conceptualize. And I'm never as satisfied with those ideas as I am with the ones that just kind of present themselves on the face of themselves. And all I'm really doing is writing them down. Uh, you'll also hear Roxy the cat uh, chasing little pieces of trash around on the floor behind me. Um, nothing I can do about that. This room does not have a door. Okay, so the saucer skills. We start out with sauce contemplation, which is just their uh, starting self buff. Uh, back in the day when every class only had one or two skills, this was the one that they had, and it is uh, plus mist and plus max HP. Um, all of these were slightly different from one another. I the the way that I had initially sort of conceived of the class identity of the sorcerer was, I guess, kind of as a healer and as a they were the buffing class of the two mist classes uh, with their uh, sauce spheres. 
and the potion brewing stuff. But like in the case of, of Disco Bandits, like crafting is not enough of a class identity for the combat portion of the game, which you're engaging with way more than you're engaging with the kind of inventory management and consumable portion of the game. And so they were just kind of generic wizards the way that uh, the way the Postamensers were in terms of the play style. Um, their spells were limited to hot and cold in a way that the Postamensor spells weren't. So they were less flexible, but more predictable. Um, I don't really remember what the difference was between the way that it was like damage per mana balanced and stuff in the very early days. Like they, all the spells kind of started out as jokes and it was just, uh, this one is just better because you get it when you've leveled up further and there was no concept of ascension. So there was no, I, you know, there, we didn't have the, the notion that like every skill needed to be at least somewhat valuable because it could be permed. Um, and so I imagine that the damage spells were just like this; just does more damage for for less uh, less mana. Um, so yeah, sauce contemplation is just that basic self buff. Uh, next is stream of sauce, which was their first uh, damaging spell. Uh, and after the 2013 class revamps, uh, saucer spells were no longer elementally tunable at all. Just some of them were hot and some of them were cold. And I. I like that a little better than the kind of chaotic and adjustable magic of the Postamancer. Um, for a while, uh, in between NS13 and 2013, uh, we did this very complicated sort of backsplash system with the uh, with sorcerer spells, where if you were a sorcerer and you had a, too much extra spell damage, you would get some effects, which just gave you bonus damage. I forget if it's bonus spell damage or bonus melee damage. It might be bonus melee damage, which I, I'm not sure what value I thought that had. Let's see. Yeah, it was just bonus elemental melee damage. Uh, and if you weren't a sorcerer, I, it might have been the case that in the time of NS13, there was some sorcerer spell that was just the only spell that anyone ever needed to use because spell damage would became plentiful enough that like you would only ever use the cheapest auto hit direct damage spell. And so we just did this thing where we punished you for having a lot of plus spell damage if you were not a sorcerer, which is that was the typical kind of in retrospect, like unfun user unfriendly balance mechanic that we used to do. Um, I don't remember, I don't know if there's, yeah, there is a hard cap on these that doesn't get adjusted by anything as far as I know now. So it's like it deals some damage and you can only, spell damage and extra mysticality only get the damage up so high uh, just because of that whole issue where if if you had a million mysticality, and plus a million spell damage, why wouldn't you use the one mana spell that dealt five damage plus all that bonus when you could, you know, why wouldn't you if instead of the 30 mana for 200 damage that, that also included those bonuses? Um, and I think with the, with the 2013 revamps, we were just less worried about having to, like, narratively justify 
a damage cap. Like the reason there's a damage cap is because there needs to be a damage cap for there to be any reason for this spell to exist. Maybe still not a good reason, but uh, I um I don't remember if I ever showed you guys. Uh, I built this kind of toy that was a yeah not even a pitch. It was just like an internal prototype for how a spell system might work for sorcerers, and it was just you had like a spell book with a bunch of different like glyphs in it that were that were uh themed as like sauce stains that you had collected in the book and you would put the different glyphs together to kind of build a spell and add different effects to it and i think at the time i showed it to i showed it to dev and the like speed ascender people were like uh eh, this this wouldn't no one would use any of these and then i lost uh, i lost faith in the coolness of the idea as a result of that i think it's a better idea it'll come back if we ever make a like if we ever make a like set in the just kingdom ass kingdom of loathing uh game in our new engine then that's probably what i will do with uh with sorcerer spellcasting um but yeah stream of sauce just basic uh hot damage uh expert panhandling is just a plus meat uh, uh intrinsic uh passive skill uh that works better if you have a saucepan equipped uh sauce storm is uh, it deals both hot and cold damage, and each of those uh, damages is capped separately. Um, and also, it is doubly effective against group monsters, which is just kind of a secret. I mean, it's not secret. You can usually look at the picture and look at the pronoun that's used to describe the monster to know if it's a group. But you don't... We kind of half-ass implemented the idea of area of effect spells by having things that... We mostly only use it for, like, puzzle fights. Um where certain spells are more effective against certain enemies, yeah, which is fine. I mean, it makes it makes sense. Uh, it makes sense narratively, I think. Uh, so yeah. Uh, next is advanced sauce crafting, which is the uh, their equivalent of the pasta mastery thing, where they can get uh, scrumptious reagents. They can summon scrumptious reagents every day, and then those can cook with. Probably every fruit that existed in the game at the time, and then uh, more of them as we added them to just make potions. Um, and yeah, that's their uh, that's their crafting discipline. And also, uh, some of these uh, th there's other food items that you can cook to make sauces, and then mix those with different uh, uh, different noodle dishes to make improved uh reagent pasta stuff and uh this these got rebalanced and changed in probably 2014 or 2015 um and i added a bunch because they were originally there wasn't much of the game when i made all of these and so they really disproportionately favored like stuff that dropped in cobs knob and the hippie camp uh just because they came from a time when there weren't that many zones and so i went through and and put put in some new uh ingredient drops and Actually, I don't remember if I did or not. I might have just looked for things that made some kind of sense as drops in various zones uh, that you were likely to get to over the course of a run um, and just kind of made made some of these weaker, made some of them stronger probably, uh, and then just added a bunch to kind of fill in the gaps. Uh, elemental Sauce Sphere uh, is just an elemental resistance passive buff that you can cast on other people. And I don't know... 
I think you can have multiple sauce spears on. That was a thing. It was another one of those things where I wish we had done a mutex thing. Although a mutex buff would be kind of annoying because I guess you could always shrug it off if you wanted another one to be cast on you by somebody else. But the, the buff economy also was more of a thing pre-ascension uh, before you could just perm the buffs because it's just easier to give them to yourself uh, than to find somebody in chat that was willing to cast them. You know, not that it was hard. The community was friendly, but it was just like it it stopped being a social feature once you could ascend into another class in perma skill. Uh, next is Jalapeno Sauce Sphere. These, these were weird... Between NS13 and 2013, Jalapeno Sauce Sphere also returned. It healed you as you cast sauce spells through it. Um, and I think there was Habanero Sauce Sphere, sauce sphere that did the same thing but gave you back some MP. And that ended up with some bullshit degenerate stuff happening where I think maybe you could get spells to give you back more MP than they did, than they cost. Um and so that just led to people having to do annoying things. Uh, but yet now, and this might have been what it did before, it just is like a damage shield. Uh, anytime something deals, anytime a monster deals damage to you, it takes some damage from the sauce sphere. Uh, Wave of sauce, uh, just a big hot damage uh, thing. It's capped higher, deals more damage innately. And it also uh, delevels monster defense a little bit, which I think that must have gotten added later. Uh, it works twice as well up to two opponents in groups. And uh, yeah, it's just another uh, another direct damage spell. Intrinsic spiciness. Uh, this, I think, used... This might used to have been... This might have used to have been something else. Uh, but it's just plus damage to your saucer spells. Uh, diminished gag reflex was when we, uh, when we did the whole uh, pushing the class skills out to level 15, like right either right before Ascension, right around the time of Ascension, uh, Saucer got Stench Resistance. And that's what Diminished Gag Reflex is. Uh, Irrepressible Spunk. This used to be Immaculate Seasoning. I got almost all of the passive Saucerer skills have the initials IS, and that was the thing I realized I had done by accident for two or three of them, and then uh, started doing it on purpose after that. I think they have some that, that don't follow that. But... Um, uh, Immaculate Seasoning was a passive that, I believe, made it so whatever element between hot or cold would do the most damage against the particular monster that you were fighting, that's what, uh, that's what element your sauce spells would be. And so it just made your spells always sort of optimum. Uh, anyway, that was replaced with this, which is just a flat uh, plus 5% to maximum HP and MP passive. Uh, the Way of Sauce. This was their second tier crafting skill uh, that lets them make the second tier uh, scrumptious reagent, the scrum diddlyumptious solution, which gives you the ability to craft higher level uh, sauces and potions and lets you summon more. Uh, I think the scrum diddlyumptious solution is like you cooked a scrumptious reagent with MSG, which you could you had to get from the... Uh, League of Chef Magi store. Um, I kind of forgot about that. We did those guild revamps too, which I, I could have talked about in the class things, but kind of forgot. Or maybe I did. It's been so long since I did one of these that I don't remember what I talked about. Um, but one of the ways that we tried to differentiate play between classes was to own, like to gate a bunch of stuff behind the guild so that you only had access to certain things when you were certain classes. Um, 
except that accordion thieves could also go and shop at any uh, at any of the stores which was just uh, like a trick that we decided to give them that made that code a real mess um and it probably is a mess to this day but now it's just working um so yeah this is just their uh their second order crafting skill Uh, salsa ball was the zero cost uh, for saucer zero cost one cost for everybody else uh, when I decided that I wanted every class to start with a combat skill and I think this was around the time of the tutorial revamp um, what the the point at which the tutorial got to its current state I think there were multiple tutorial revamps but uh, this this was just their uh, their like basic do a couple damage like up to six for no uh, mana so that they could be... So that it, it seemed cooler if a wizard could just be casting spells at stuff right away instead of like having to buff one of their off stats to hit something with a weapon. Um, and so that was the that was the reasoning for this. It was like not a skill that a serious player would use, but it just makes it more uh, thematically compelling for a new player. Uh, then I think we've gotten into the skills that got added when I added another set of 15 skills during the 2013 class revamp. Um, curse of Vichyssois, which is cheap. Uh, you can only put one curse on a monster uh, when uh, when you cast a nuke. Either you just can't cast another curse, or when you when you cast one, it replaces the previous one. But it just does a little bit of cold damage over time. Uh, that's just not, uh, you can increase the damage by having, by beefing up your cold resistance, but it doesn't respond to spell damage or anything. It's, it was just meant to be like something that like a saucerer could use if they didn't know what they were doing and were like having trouble with a boss fight or something. Um, it is the lowest level and the weakest of these curse skills. Uh, next is Simmer, which is their skill that costs an adventure. And it gives you uh, 10 turns of what? A uh, bunch of spell damage and MP regen, which, uh, again, is a thing that would be potentially more useful than an adventure if you uh, were an inexperienced player. Um, Icy Glare is there. Well, it's one of their, uh, one of their facial expression uh, self-buffs. And I forget what it is. Oh, look, there's this chart here. Uh, plus cold damage and plus damage to cold spells. So uh, good for sorcerers. Uh, then soul sorcery is... So with these revamps, we added mechanics that were an attempt to make the classes fundamentally play differently when you were the class uh, that they're for. And I don't know... This has less of an effect on their other skills than a lot of them a lot of them do like the seal club or fury thing so many of their skills are just not useful if you don't have fury uh, and that is not the case to nearly the same extent with the soul sauce thing this basically lets you you get sauce uh you get soul sauce when you defeat stuff based on how uh tough the monster is uh, it can be up to 100, and then there are all of these uh, conditional skills that you can cast using Soul Sauce. Um, their stun, their multi-round stun is one of these, and it's extremely cheap uh, because the, the idea was that once you're doing this, you probably ought to be able to cast this once per fight uh, because 
one of the goals of that set of revamps was we wanted every class to have their own multi-round stun mechanic and so that they could be differentiated from one another rather than just every class casting entangling noodles and then doing whatever whatever uh same combat stuff they would uh, be doing to deal damage uh and then let's see soul finger which costs 40 and is a percentage d level which that's like a thing that we've done more and more of it was there weren't a ton of things at this time maybe that did this it's it's weird it's weird that these revamps happened six years ago because they feel extremely recent uh they don't it doesn't feel like these skill revamps are have been the case for a third of the lifetime of the game at this point but they definitely have because uh and and i think it's partly because we just haven't we haven't before the time when these revamps happened, we really just kind of lived KOL. And after that is when we started working on West of Loathing. And so KOL became much less of a thing in our lives, like moment to moment. And so it, because not a lot has happened, it doesn't feel like it has been very long. Uh, but in fact, it's just been a long time and we haven't done a ton of work on KOL relative to the previous years because it just stopped being uh, stopped being the right thing for us to do uh, in terms of the ongoing survival of the company. Uh, Soul Blaze, if you max uh, out your Soul Sauce, it's just a huge blast of hot damage. Uh, I don't actually know what the math is there, but it's just, it, it kind of feels like a thing that probably no one uses anyway. Um, Soul food is a way of converting soul sauce into MP. Um, so that's one way of making sorcerer spells better if you are a sorcerer is giving is making them cost more MP but giving you easy ways to restore MP if you are a sorcerer, uh, which is probably the, the purpose of the fundamental approach to making it so sorcerers had incentive to use sorcerer spells. Uh, I think Pastamancer spells are just enough worse if you don't have a thrall that it would make sense anyway, but I'm not 100% sure that's true. Uh, Soul Rotation is a dead milkman joke, uh, and it gives you, it's like a self-buff plus initiative. And then Soul Funk, which gives you an effect that is uh, ongoing stench damage. That doesn't make a ton of sense uh, mechanically, and I think it was more about the joke of Soul Funk being the name of the thing. Uh, Inner Sauce. This is a passive MP regen that is just, it's three to four MP per adventure if you're a Saucer and only one if you're not. Uh, so that's another thing that is just better if you are a Saucer. Uh, curse of Marinara is the second, uh, the second curse. And it, uh, d- let's see. It does damage over time and gives you hit points back. And then it does something. You get a bunch of hit points back if you kill the monster with a spell. Um, rather than, I guess, if you ended combat with a spell. It doesn't, like, the amount of damage that you do to a monster in a round isn't really divided up by where it came from. So, it, like, if the. If the damage over time of the curse killed it and you just happened to cast a spell that did some overkill damage, then uh, this would also trigger, I think. 
but uh but yeah that was just a sort of i i slowly migrated my idea of sorcerer to more like blood magic stuff um but there's not a huge amount of that there are only a few things that kind of nod to it and curse of marinara kind of feels like that uh itchy curse finger is a passive that makes it so you can cast a curse without it costing you a round of combat basically like it just staggers uh your opponent when you cast a curse which so it doesn't there's still a cost associated with it if you're fighting a stagger resistant monster but in general it's as though you get that action for only the cost of the mana rather than having to like take a hit to do it so as a sorcerer you can get away with casting a curse and then casting the stun and then throwing spells at it so that you can safely fight things that are above your level uh curse of the thousand islands that is basically a potato familiar um you know that's a good idea for a show actually is just going through all of the familiars it would be pretty long and that one probably we could just have all of us on it uh because those were definitely a thing that was made collectively and there's going to be a lot of them that were other people's ideas whereas the skills have kind of always been just me. I think basically all of the design and the writing of skills. Definitely Kevin helped with the balance of everything over time, but just deciding what they were. I don't think that there's ever been a time when I sort of ceded that responsibility to anybody else. Um, With familiars. I I I think I have a document with ideas for these drive to work KOL shows and I should put that on it. Uh, so yeah, uh, curse of the thousand islands is a curse that just makes the monster miss you a lot of the time. Um, like a potato familiar, uh, sauce sickle is a mid-level damage skill that just does a bunch of cold damage. It has a higher cap uh, than the other spells. Antibiotic Sauce Sphere is a HP regen buff that you can cast on people. Um, there, we changed it at a certain... Actually, no, we didn't. I think it was always like this. Uh, I just remember we rewrote the code for it to be smarter at a certain point where the quality of a saucepan that you are using or the highest quality one that you have in your inventory is what determines the number of turns you get per cast of the buff. Um I really wish we had made that a subtler effect because early on, eh, well, since early on, we never really did anything to change this. MP scarcity outside of Ronin or Hardcore just has never really been a thing. And so the more generous we were with buffs, the more it meant that just every character who cared to had a million turns of every buff um, because it was only limited by MP. Um, and I just, I don't know. I wish I, I, I tend to generally wish that certain things were way more constrained, uh, and wish that we had been more generous with other things over time. And it's just because of how I believe that they feel. And you couldn't like, once you've given somebody a thousand turns of something for a hundred mana, you can't really take it away from them. Like the, the, the ill will that would be engendered by that kind of nerf is yeah i don't know there's no point in doing it now anyway because it's just not that much of it with ascension it's not that much of a problem that people sit there with millions of turns of buffs maybe there's like hobopolis boss killing accounts or whatever but 
It also just kind of doesn't matter anymore. Uh, curse of Weak Sauce is a curse that just uh, de-levels your opponent significantly, I assume. Uh, uh, the wiki doesn't know how it works, and I don't either. Um, you do, with Weak Sauce, get some MP back if you uh, kill a monster with a spell. Um, which, it's that could be... It could give you more than you spent. Uh, it's 30% of the spell damage done in the final combat round. Uh, yeah. Rai Smile is their other uh, facial expression, and this is the leveling up mysticality, a plus one mist substat after a fight. Sauce Monocle is a self buff that gives them plus uh, critical chance, plus spell crit chance. That's a thing. We had, um, we very carefully meted out our ability to put melee crit stuff on gear and effects because the V for Vivala mask has some stupid powerful effect that only triggers on crits. That didn't used to be a big deal because you couldn't crit against a monster that you couldn't hit. Um, and I, that might have been nerfed somewhat when we made Glancing Blows a thing, now that I think about it. For a long time, you could guarantee that, that you could fight a monster and just miss repeatedly and only critical hits would hit. And that meant that you could prolong combat with the V for Vivala mask to the point where the, the benefits that it gave you when you got a critical hit triggered every time you hit the monster. And I don't remember if that was a farming thing or if it was a thing that happened in run because it leveled you up, or what it was. Um, I just remember, I just kind of still have it in my head, you cannot be super generous with melee crit chance, you can be super generous with spell crit chance. Um, and so yeah, this is a, we would not give a plus 15% melee crit uh, passive, but this one is fine. Uh, Blood Sugar Sauce Magic is an intrinsic that you can toggle that just reduces your uh, maximum HP by a certain amount and increases your maximum MP by that amount, um, which that's more of that's more of their kind of blood magic theming. Uh, it's 10% if you're not a saucer and 30% if you are, I think. Sauce Maven, I wish I had not made. Um, because it's just more turn gen from reagent pastas. I mean, I guess I wanted to encourage people to eat that stuff again. And so we just made it better. And it's, there's a, there's a theme to my lamentations from very, very early, which is that I, I kind of feel like we have been way, way, way too generous with turn gen, basically always. And it, it damages the game's value as like a quick coffee break thing and becomes a thing that can become onerous if you are the kind of person that really needs to eke every bit of optimal value out of a thing. And, you know, it's... You're never going to get elected on a platform of, of, of increasing people's taxes, right? So it's never going to be popular. The idea of like significantly nerfing turn gen is always going to, there are going to be a bunch of like extremely reasonable, normal people who are very hurt by the idea of having like, why, look, we love your game. Why do you want us to play it less? 
I, ju- I think that in general, it would have been healthier for everyone and for the game if there had been, I don't know, an eighth as much turn gen as there is. Like, the extent to which I think it's overinflated is greater than I imagined anyone would agree with me. Um, but... Yeah, if you had told me when I first made the game that people would eventually be able to get like four or five hundred turns a day, I would have said, "Wow, I fucked up real bad." If that is the case, um, so yeah, it's weird that in you know two thousand, I guess I did nerf it a little bit in two thousand fifteen. Maybe that was when I did the reagent uh, apostle change. Scary sauce uh, was their uh, spooky raven manor skill, and it is a. Uh, See, what does Scary Sauce do? It is a buff. Uh, it's like a sphere. And it, uh, is a, it is resistance against the elements that are opposed to Spooky. And it deals, it's like a Spooky uh, 2 to 10 damage damage shield uh, that deals Spooky damage. So, uh, yeah. Deep Saucery uh, lets you make pressurized uh, potions, which were the big kind of powerful endgame potions that we let people get in the sea, the underwater uh, high-level stuff. Surge of Icing was their Crimbo Carol uh, thing, which I think Candy Blast was the one that was problematic. This one this one, nobody cared about. Um, it, I think instead of instead of costing mana, maybe it did it cost mana and consumes turns of sugar rush to deal more damage i really like stuff like that uh it's not like i like that there was some skill maybe it was a conditional skill on a piece of equipment that let you like consume turns of poison effects and like barf the poison onto your enemies and i really just enjoy things that recontextualize old effects like sugar rush is a thing that you got from almost every candy that we made before we started making candy kind of interesting potions um and so this was just something to do with that and i don't think it mattered much but i think the idea is cool uh Keza sauce storm is uh is a cheese sauce storm uh which is just a big stench uh, damage spell and this was the traveling trader skill uh, this one i think was one of the ones that didn't really matter like the 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 effect on the game of kung fu hustler was so outsized that all of the other traveling trader skills from this curious how much of the exact verbiage that i use when i talk about these things are just the same across all the different classes because that felt very familiar as i was saying it um Yep. Slightly incorrect German. That is the name of the game. Uh, Silent Treatment was their Mime Crimbo skill, which uh, just eliminates the resistances of monsters. Um, Can't be used against bosses because I was worried that it would break puzzle fights. Um, But yeah, I think it's the only thing that does that. Uh, It eliminates... uh, Physical damage resistance, too, which makes ghosts easier to kill. Uh, love Mixology was there, was the love tester thing, and that gives... Th- this was fun. Uh, it gives you a love potion. You can only have one of because it's... Uh, I think it's a quest item uh, that the name of it gets replaced in code because that's a thing that we can do, but only for things that you can only have one of. Uh, 
and it just rolls uh, like a random number seed and tells you what the potion is made out of and then gives you a range of uh, a range of stat adjustments, some of which can be negative, some of which can be positive. So like some of them are, yeah, some of them are good, some of them are bad. Um, I'm guessing that it is between the seed is between 999 and 99,999 because that seems like something that I would have typed into that code, but I don't know for sure. Um, Blood Bubble was the vampire, uh, what was that called? Dark Gift, that uh, challenge path from earlier this year or maybe last year, uh, which is that gives you an effect that I think came from a Jarl's Maybe I only think that because I reused one of the icons from a Jarlsberg uh, thing, um, which is just that deal where the whenever a monster attacks you, the first attack will always miss. Uh, so it's just kind of a free round of combat, or free of damage at least. And that is all of the spells and skills that sorcerers have. Um, I don't remember how long the other ones of these are. This feels a little short, but I don't really have anything else to say about Saucers. And so uh, now that I've tried out this new setup and this was fine, uh, and I, I barely had any of my cocktail because I was too busy flapping my gums. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to let you go. Uh, I'm going to put my, get my cocktail out of the cup holder and I'm going to drive the rest of the way to work. Uh, bye everyone.